morning good morning vietnam welcome to mma and stuff on halfguarded.com my name is matt that is michael uh today we're going to be bringing you all the news in mma and stuff um let's get this underway mr coughlin we should yes there's nothing on television in the mornings what the fuck is this no today show for you well i guess that stuff's on i mean nothing interesting Fair enough. It's the stuff that happens behind the scenes at the Today Show that's most interesting. Damn right. I wish I could have a camera in those locker rooms. <laughs> this past weekend, Actually, I wish Saturday I could have night. a camera in every locker room, but yeah. Mm, I, I'm sure you do. Uh, we had UFC Fight Night, Vulcan versus mm. Smith on October 27th on Saturday in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada. Attendance was 6,282 people for a total gate of $528,000. In the main event, Anthony Smith defeated Voltron Uzdemir by rear naked choke at 426 of the third. Um, Pretty competitive fight in the first couple rounds. Um, Volkan probably won the the first two, maybe. And then um, Smith seemed like he wanted it more and, and got it to the ground and sunk in a rear naked choke and got the win. Yeah, I, Smith continues to kind of get wins over ranked guys. Some of them have names. None of them are very good. I don't think Volkan Uzdemir is all that good. He's a guy that's got, you know, some, a decent resume, but a lot of those are first-round knockout type of deal, and all Smith did was go past the first round, and then he won. I was like, I didn't walk away going, oh, we got a new guy here, people. Like, I can't wait to fucking watch – Anthony Smith to do something. Although, in his defense, he is at 205 for this fight, as opposed to his, I quote unquote, natural middleweight frame. So, uh, it was a good day, though. And if you're Donald Trump, you hope it's a prelude of things to come because he looks like a white supremacist. Anthony Smith now on a 3 0 run at light heavyweight uh, with wins over Rashad Evans, Shogun, and Ustamir. Uh, in a shallow division, he's probably a win away from a title shot, if I had to guess, when everything's done with. Gustafson and Jones and DC and they work all that out. Smith gets another win. He's probably the next one in line. So uh, that's a shallow division there. Yeah, it's uh, eh, no one cares. Like I, I, I want to get like upset, but like I guess uh, fucking hell, man. Do we are we gonna see that in 2019? John Jones versus Anthony Smith on pay per view is like a headliner. I mean, we, I don't see, I don't see John Jones fighting in 2019. He'll probably be suspended for most of the year. That is true. I did forget that he's due for another like eight month or nine month bullshit suspension that you saw to Ken Cox for uh, this time for killing someone or something. Um, 
in the co-main event in a fight that matters and I'm sure you cared very much about, Michael Johnson defeated Artem Lobov at a catch weight of 147 pounds because Johnson missed weight. He came in for this fight on short notice. Artem didn't seem to mind and assured Johnson that he would give him his uh, 20% purse back because Johnson was fine for missing weight. Never the- agree to something like that until you've won the fight. Mm, fair. Make that extra 20%. Yeah. With the loss. Yeah. If, if somebody if somebody punches you in the face more than you punch them in the face, take an extra 20% of their purse. Might as well. Uh, this was a unanimous, unanimous decision win for Johnson. Uh, 29-28, 29-28, and 30-27. With the loss, old Artem falls to 13-15, 1, and 1. That's a fucking terror. That's a terrible thing to happen, man. You need to get that hundred that perfect record back. I feel like most people who have 30 fights and a losing record usually retire. Yeah, I want him to keep going, <laughs> especially now Especially now that Artem has become my favorite fighter of all time. Just becoming wow. such, a, such a fucking man. Like, for all the bullshit that's out there about, like, I'm going to quit this net. Like, here's this guy who doesn't make any money. He's Connor's buddy, so he probably does okay. But he's got no career. And he's out there being like, Michael, I understand. I respect you. I'm not going to take your money from you, even though I'm entitled to it because you cheated. And then, uh, you know, he, he's demanding that Khabib's teammates don't get suspended and saying that I'll quit. I think it's, this man, he's all fucking man. I'm thinking that the Irish, the good nature of the Irishman has rubbed off on the bad nature of his Russian and turned him into uh, a good man. Also, this fight was fucking terrifying for me. Like, this is the most anxiety-inducing fight I've watched in a while. Because fucking, uh, what's his face? Uh, my favorite fight, Artem. I gotta remember my fight, favorite fighter's name sometimes, you see. Uh, Artem was just fucking walking down with his hands down the whole time, getting lit up by punches. Everyone saw he would throw something. And all, like, I was so nervous because I kept thinking, eventually he's got to get knocked out. Eventually he's got to get knocked out. But he wasn't getting knocked out. But I was waiting for it. And... You know, being my favorite fighter and all, I had a lot invested in this. So luckily, he didn't get knocked out. Unfortunately, he lost, but he needs those two wins. I think that they should guarantee him his next two wins, however they do that. This is UFC. They're, they're fixing stuff. And then he can retire with the perfect 15-15-1-1 one one record. Hello? Why don't I hear anything? Uh-oh. I don't hear you. I don't typically get phone calls. Oh, okay. So at least, uh, at least we know why it went away. Yeah. Anyways, people. For what it's worth, I didn't answer the call. Oh, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, you were talking about Artem. That I get to the point where I, I demand that the UFC uh, work his next two fights so he can retire 15, 15, one and one. That that would be a happy ending. Yeah. Um, he he's two and five in the UFC. Do you think they cut him after this fight or keep him around? Because they can find somebody way worse than Michael Johnson for him to fight. I mean, two and five these days, that's not that bad in the UFC. Some of those guys are like uh, you know one and eight and shit like that. So uh, yeah, why not two and five? Two that's two wins he's had. I mean, yeah, there's two more than CM Punk. Arden and um. He rarely gets finished. Like, of his 15 losses, one by knockout, two are by submission, and the other 12 are decisions. So I think he's just getting robbed from the judge. 
They should have him fight Jim Miller. I feel like Jim Miller's two and five in his last seven fights. I wreck him. I know, but maybe he. Well, I think Miller could use the money though. And now uh, that Miller's be... got his um, Lyme's disease in check. Oh, that's right. Well, he could still use uh, the bribe, and he's willing to take a dive. I'm I'm impugning Jim Miller's credibility as a human being. Have you heard that? Um... Artem's a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. A whole blue belt, you say? Pretty wow. good. Yeah, I mean, for a guy that trains all day, every day, that's all he does. When you're a blue belt and you're a striker who keeps his hands down, you're clearly learning a lot there at the Straight Blast Gym in Dublin. <laughs> we also had Misha Serkinov defeating Patrick Cummins by arm triangle choke at 240 of the first round. Uh, weird way for Cummins, of all people, to lose a fight. Yeah, Serkinov Sir- looked good. He came out there, blasted him right away, defended the takedown really easily, took uh, Cummins down with ease, got the mount. Cummins looked like a fish out of uh, the fishbowl, uh, in- <laughs> who somebody then threw onto a jiu-jitsu tournament, and he didn't know what to do at the point. And uh, then he got choked by an arm triangle right away. Like, it wasn't like a lot of setting up or anything. It was just like, oh, I put my hand up, and Misha's like, oh, if you're going to do that, I'm a 30-year-old man from Canada who negotiates my contract with Dana White is at dinner with my wife, so I'll take it. Yeah. Andre Sukumtat defeated Jonathan Martinez, unanimous decision. Sean Volante defeated Ed Herman by split decision. Oh, yeah. And Court McGee defeated Alex Garcia by unanimous decision. Yeah, we had uh, heroin addicts and gingers, and I'm not sure which one is worse. Uh, Anything on the undercard catch your eye? No. Did you watch it? I'm sure I did. I just don't remember anything off the top of my head. There was a fight on Fight Pass, this guy named Don Madge, who's supposed to be pretty good, like like a a guy a couple of years away from being something special, but he supposedly looked really good, but I did not actually see that fight, so I can't comment. I'll believe that uh, the UFC thinks he's a top prospect when they don't have him fighting Moncon. <laughs> fight of the night went to Nazrat Hackparas versus Thibaut Guti, and performance of the night went to Anthony Smith and Don Madge. So there you go. Good for you, Madge. Madge. Imagine that. Oh, I hope you never say that again. I feel like you're not that into puns, and it's like my go-to. Well, it's just that it's generally considered the lowest form of humor, often uh, employed by by who by the intellectually by, disabled, by snobs. Yes, well, I'm a humor snob. I have a very sophisticated sense of humor, as everyone's aware. Penis, penis, cock, cunt. So yeah, okay, I actually, kind of laughed at that. Uh, in other news, um, Khabib's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, teases big news that will blow your mind on Twitter, reads the headline. Verbatim on Twitter, Ali wrote, this was on October 28th, a few days ago, we will blow your minds, big news coming, at Team Khabib, fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji, praying emoji. Oh, that's what I want to see out of the... Uh... Muslim man with connections to terrorism is fire. There's a debate. There's a debate if it's the prayer or two people high fiving. I can't confirm what that means one way or the other, but I always look at it as someone praying. Looks like a prayer thing to me. Although I don't know if Muslims (laughs) do their 
hands together like that. I'm pretty sure they, they don't. usually bow, right? They bow. They have like their hands open, like they're gonna hold a giant platter or two by four or something like that. Because that's how God works. He wants you to hold the two by four when you pray to him. Uh, I'm guessing this is probably some bullshit like sponsorship thing. Like he's gonna, you know, any joke I make, I'm so sensitive because I'm woke, and I feel like it's gonna be taken the wrong way. People are gonna think I'm insulting. Islam, that beautiful religion where you can throw gay people off of buildings and stuff like that. But I would never do that. I would never impugn the credibility of people who don't eat pork. I don't know what I'm doing. This fuck you, Ali. That's the point. The point is what? fuck you, Ali. Any theories? That there's rumors going around. Uh, possibly a fight with GSP. Um, it's 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 in the news enough that it's going to happen, but. Yeah, I don't see GSP being ready right away. I feel like a GSP fight needs to be announced four times before it happens. Floyd Mayweather. That's not going to happen. Conor McGregor rematch. Um, not going to happen. I mean, that's not what he's announcing. If he was, because Conor would have done something before Ali would have. You know, Con- Conor would have. Conor would have had some like, uh, last day in the potato fields, gonna go back to the grind type of deal or something. My question is this. What kind of fight can they book while Khabib is still suspended, waiting for his follow-up hearing to determine how long he'll be suspended completely? Well, it depends. Because he's only, like, temporarily suspended right now until, I don't know, I think he's got another hearing in November or something with the Athletic Commission where he's supposed to be there and they'll ask him questions and shit, and then they'll determine how long they're really going to suspend him. Yeah, well, like, what can they can they even be working on anything, right? I mean, I know behind the scenes you can do whatever; it doesn't matter. Yeah. But they can't announce a fight until they figure out how long you suspended for. You would think, however, new era, <laughs> new world, new president, and uh, it's possible that he's just going to be fighting in Russia for Putin, as uh, Putin says, "Fuck your American contracts, I don't care." And it's also possible that Khabib or Megamedov. Maybe uh, one day looked at in history books in similar vein to that is Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Like he started a world war? Yeah. His okay. death will start a world war. Did you not think I would understand the reference? No, I did. I was just hoping you wouldn't spell okay. it out for the crowd so that we could Dennis Miller this bitch. Okay. Just tell jokes that no one understands. We have enough of those deep cuts as it is, I think. Well, I like to think that uh, it's not a deep, it's not, we're not isolated. We're just rewarding people with a more, a deeper experience. Yeah. Like the Misha Serkinov dinner, Dana White wife joke never, never tires. Let's face it. If you, if you know who Misha Serkinov is, you've probably heard that he went to dinner with Dana White because what else would you know about her? <laughs> If I ever meet Dana White, that's what I'll ask him. Hey, you want to go to my one question? You want to go to dinner? No. What happened at that dinner oh. with Misha? He probably sat down, like, listen to this guy talk. Like, I think I'm worth this much. I think I'm worth that much. And Dana's like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we're not going to pay you that. Okay, well, how about this? I don't think I'm worth that much, man. I don't really care what you think you're worth. Your name's Misha Sirkinov. Everybody thinks you're Eastern European, but apparently you're Canadian, and you don't have a manager. I'm not really concerned that you're going to find a real profitable deal elsewhere, dipshit. Enjoy fighting in Moncton on the undercard. So, officially, it, it is a done deal. Um, last week, you said it was bullshit and you didn't think it was going to happen. But huh. the UFC has traded uh, their greatest champion ever, Demetrius Johnson, for Ben no, they didn't. Funky they, Askren. They didn't, they didn't trade him. 
They, they, I said that they wouldn't trade him. This wasn't a trade. What was Mutual this? Mutual release at the same time. Totally different. Totally different. Mutual release. It is. It was actually a mutual release, and then they both signed new contracts at the same time. Can't, you can't really trade those type of contracts, I don't think. Because I, I understand. So Sorry. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm never wrong. I'm not. You wrong. more intimated that it just wasn't. Gonna no, happen. you you uh, you're you inferred that. I didn't intimate it. Your failure to understand the very complex nuances of my uh, speech. It's not my fault. I'm sorry that I'm on a, a different level than people, and they don't understand that I only focus on the trade aspect and acknowledging that there was no governing body and um, uh, uh, a union involved to okay the trade. I knew that there wouldn't be a trade. However, I did foresee a possibility of a dual mutual release at the same time, followed by a dual unique, uh, new contract signing. But I don't want to get into that last week because I thought it might go over everybody's head. Melky Kawa has taken a lot of credit for it. He's uh, Johnson's manager. I read a whole bunch of shit from him on uh, MMA Junkie. And what was your takeaway? Um, that he did a good job as a manager. It sounds like he kind of helped – connect people and you know one of the few times i've seen a manager actually do something for a fighter that isn't just dana says this is your offer you should take it <laughs> like he got his kind and it sounds like it's going to work out for everyone involved yeah everybody seems happy with it i can kind of it, i actually think it's a good move for mighty mouse at this point so good yeah good for everyone except for the fans yeah we, we have to watch ben Askren. well nobody watched Johnson. You know True, what I mean? But, it's not but he did like... do the coolest submission in UFC history, and Ben Askren's going to fucking dry hump someone for 25 minutes and then do it again and again. And I don't think dry humping should last 25 minutes. Askren has um, been doing a good job on uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, that sort of thing. He's basically trolling every top welterweight in the division. Um, so far, he's gone after GSP. Um, who's uh, Darren Till? He's really going at. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> who else is on? Darren here? Till seems like he's just made for Askren to embarrass. Like this big, jacked up, huge, strong muscle head who can't wrestle, and Askren just comes in and says, "I'm just going to grab your leg and ruin your life." I'm rolling through some of Askren's tweets here, and um, he retweets Jordan Peterson, who wrote, 91% of those who view my videos are male. Why? Why so few women? And Ben Askren writes back, you aren't attractive enough, Jordan. Oh, sick burn. Nailed <laughs> it's him. It's just kind of funny. Uh Let's see. He he, but he's been working it. He's been all over Twitter. Um, oh, Dylan Dennis. He's going at it with Dylan Dennis. Um, I'm not exactly sure why because he's in a different company and is one and zero as an MMA fighter. Maybe um, maybe Ben thinks he was traded to the United States, and so he could fight anyone uh, in the United States promotion. Maybe he wrote on Twitter. Lastly, shut up for a while. Stop directly copy, copying your idol shtick. You weren't even the best at B. BJJ, you were Gary Tonin's bitch, so maybe you could try to have some success at MMA instead. Just like burying people. It, it's pretty good. Askren's um, awesome. He gets it. I don't know if he gets it, but he 
understands life. Okay, he doesn't get it in the sense of he's not like an insider who understands the business, but he gets it in the sense that he knows how to live life. Like he is comfortable with himself as a man and just does what he wants. I admire that. Mm, sure. I, I like him going on about being blocked by Dana White because White blocked him <laughs> years ago because they have a history where there were failed contract negotiations and both guys talk shit about the other one in the media. So at some point, White blocked him on Twitter and Askren was on Helwani's show and they're both blocked by Dana and they were kind of joking around about it. But like he actually pulled out his phone and he's like, let me check, see if I'm still blocked. And this is like a five days after he's been signed to the UFC. It's like, yep, still blocked. It's Dana, rude, Dana. Don't don't block fighters, Dana. It just it does look bad. And it, it also I don't think you should block anyone ever anyways. But you look petty. You look like you've been gotten to. You don't ever want to look like they got to you. So just mute them. Mute Dana. Who do you think um, Askren will fight first here? Uh, Colby Covington. Okay. If, if I'm the I, UFC, I think, okay that's the, I think that's the perfect fight for, for a number of reasons. One, Colby's a big deal. Although, I guess Colby might be in line for the title fight next. Who knows what's happening with that? Because, you know, uh, what's-his-face drastically overestimates his drawing power and value to the company, so it might take off a year or two. Um, Tyrone Woodley is something. Uh, but, yeah, no, because Colby can't strike, and he can talk shit. And he's basically... He's basically Ben Askren, 2.0, or 0.5, depending on how you like to look at things. And uh, <laughs> I think and, that's a bad fight for Kobe because it's yeah. like – it's actually the perfect fight for Askren too because he's fighting somebody who can't strike and wants to wrestle. And you know Askren's going to be a better wrestler than Covington, you would and think. It, and if you're the UFC, I think every once in a while what you got to do is you got to take your two boring fighters and have them fight each other and eliminate one of them from contention. So you only have one boring contender. Well, the thing about both of them is that they're willing to talk. It's not like John Fitch and Jake Shields or anything. At least, like, in the cage, they're boring. But outside, they're, they're working it, which makes it a little bit better. Yeah, the only downside is that, they're again, it's 2.0. They're the same guy. And their trash talking is somewhat similar. Right. You know, they're, they're both boring wrestlers who have a... Okay, Kobe's a lot... He, Kobe's much more unabashed. In his, I'm just a Donald. I'm Donald Trump in MMA. But you know, Ben's got his right wing deal there a little bit too. So uh, yeah, there can be only one. It's the rule I learned from Highlander, and that's how the UFC should proceed here. The UFC has a date for its first pay per view of 2019, and the promotion will go head to head with Bellator. UFC 233 will take place January 26th at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Uh, the same night, Bellator hosts its heavyweight tournament final between Fedor and Ryan Bader at the Forum in Inglewood. Wow. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because if you're the UFC, I mean, they're coming off a giant pay-per-view with John Jones and Cyborg. So I don't know who else they have to fight there. They're going to want to draw because you want to look like a bitch to Bellator and Fedor. So um, who, who, who have they rumored to have in the main event? Uh... Nothing? Let's see. I forget Henry big... Cejudo. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck you, Bellator. Are you going to compete with Henry Cejudo, motherfucker? Woo-wee. 
White told the Times no fights have been booked for the cards. Speculation will start up quickly, though, that flyweight champion Henry Cejudo, a Southern California native, would be a natural fit for the show. And with former champ Demetrius Johnson now headed to one, the door is open for a super fight with TJ Dillashaw. I liked it. The, now the door is open. Why was it open before? He is the champion. He could just be like, hey, I'm champion. I'm better than you. I don't have to fight you anymore. I beat you, you know, by split decision after you beat the fuck out of me before. <laughs> the fucking Mighty Mouse now fights in fucking, I don't know, some part of Asia that isn't safe. All because he lost on one judge's scorecard, lost one round. One round on one judge's scorecard, and Demetrius Johnson could still be an American. How sad. They, they could do a Diaz fight there. It's California. Yeah, oh, you know, Nate doesn't have anything coming up, and he's ready. That's probably what I would do. They could create that 165-pound title. It's funny. Next to this article, the most popular link on This is MMA Junkie is Khabib Nurmagomedov's manager has ballpark price tag for next fight, $50 Sure. Just make up shit, you dumb fuck. Just fucking make it up. Remember, though, Khabib doesn't care about the money. He's like an honor. Right. The the irony. I don't know if it's irony. Just hypocrisy. La- I don't know the difference. Lack of lack of understanding of uh of your place in the world. I'm actually talking about uh <laughs> you now. On TMZ Sports, Ali said, Khabib can retire now. He's rich. I'm rich now too. He made me rich. We're good. Oh, that's how you should talk. That's that's exactly I mean I, I remember that one time I, I pulled in about uh, 10 grand from a case. And all I could think is I looked at the widow whose husband had passed and whose uh, money I had saved. I looked at her. I said, hey, I'm rich now. Isn't this good? Can you imagine a lawyer coming out like, ladies and gentlemen, we're very happy today to, to have awarded my client. My client got $7 million from the uh, city of Chicago as they've settled for the wrongful death of this 15-year-old boy. And now I'm rich. That's not how you talk, dumb dipshit. Also, he lives in Dagestan. I'm sure Khabib could have retired after, like, his first UFC fight. How much, like, I feel the dollar goes pretty far in Dagestan. Do they even have cash registers there? Do you think they, do they even have the internet? I bet they're all using cell phones. Like, Ali went on, Ben Askren, Woodley, none of these guys can touch Khabib, especially if they're scared to get tired, and these guys, they get tired. Now, I'm not even worrying about Tyron or Ben Askren. I'm worrying about somebody bringing $50 million to $100 million to the table. None of these guys could bring 200000 to the table. I don't really care true. what they say. That's the true. other guy we just fought, he said he made $50 million. I think is a global superstar. Khabib bypassed him. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, everybody's talking about Khabib drew that pay-per-view with his long history of being the top draw in every UFC major pay-per-view of all time was Khabib Nurmagomedov. That's his name right there. Sure. America can't watch, can't wait to watch an out-of-control violent Muslim who starts riots. Yeah, that's a fucking top draw there. Hey, hey, idiot. You have a guy speaking with Putin... Erdogan and the other guy is selling liquor in the corner store, Ali said. It's not even in the same fucking planet. You've got a guy right now meeting with President Putin. President Putin actually having a sit-down with him. Erdogan. And you have the other guy selling liquor driving a truck. 
good for him, whatever. It's not our business. He does what he does. Yeah, that Conor McGregor is selling uh, a product that uh, if if he tried to sell it in Erdogan's home country, he'd probably be murdered because uh, that's how they roll there. Yeah, great, great job there, Khabib. You have managed to ingratiate yourself with murderous dictators. You're really a fucking winner. Not the guy who's – look, what kind of, he's – genuinely trying to start a business and make money doing something honest. You know, he's selling a product. That's a thing. Khabib is meeting with men who are monsters, who have pers- who probably have killed people just to be initiated into some sort of club. Khabib- Putin seems like the kind of guy that absolutely was forced to murder someone as they've recorded it in the late 70s using a piano wire. <laughs> Frankie Edgar is injured and being forced to withdraw from the scheduled UFC Denver main event against uh, Korean Zombie. His manager, Ali Abdelaziz, confirmed Friday night. The people of uh, Bahrain will be sad to see their favorite son (laughs) not fight. Uh, That's when I started getting into this whole Ali thing. I'm like, why? I'm like, that's half an American flag sewn in with some other flag. Then I had to, like, figure out what the flag was. I'm like, Bahrain. And then you had to look up where Bahrain was because we're. Well, American. I knew it was like. Uh, you didn't know where the, the fuck Middle was. East. You had a general. Yeah, I knew it was one of those oil countries yeah. on the Gulf. Yeah. I knew that. You, you had some. You didn't know it was on the Gulf. You did not. Yeah, did. You did not know it was on the Gulf. If it. I swear to God, bullshit. I did. If it had been between, I didn't know what the flag was. If it, I'm like, ah. If it had been, if it, if you, if it had turned out it was between Afghanistan and Iran, you would have been like, yeah, okay. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I knew where it was for some reason. Um, you're the one that's bad at geography, not me. How dare you? Uh, Korean zombie will now fight Yair Rodriguez on November 10th. So Yair, who's usually considered a pretty big featherweight, is going to have to make 145 pounds on about two weeks notice. So Yair gets scheduled for a fight, refuses that fight, gets fired, gets Mm -hmm. rehired for the same fight that he refused, gets injured before that fight, that fight happens on the undercard of his show. And as a result, Yair gets that headline. Correct. On the 25th anniversary show. Yeah. In Denver. Dana, your threats are gone. Nobody's going to believe your shit anymore. They know the game. They know. And honestly, this is a good life lesson for people to doubt the efficacy of capitalism. The fighters are realizing their value. Yair is looking. Is figured out. I can do whatever the fuck I want. The UFC is going to keep hiring me because this company doesn't have any rules. All the rules are gone, man. They need they need fighters more than fighters need them. I can go to Bellator or one and make all that big, big, fat uh, fifty cent money. So uh, fuck you, Dana. Uh, moving along here. Uh, oh, speaking of, forgot about cent. this one. No, no, we'll finish. We'll finish with him. That that belongs in stuff this week, I think. Does, oh, that's right. Yeah, I couldn't remember what Fifty Cent did other other than I remembered it was fucking hilarious, and I'm glad that now I remember it. <laughs> UFC Hall of Famer Stefan Bonner charged with DUI after being detained by citizens. Wow, is the is the headline? I mean, on bloody elbow. There's there's nothing worse than being arrested for a DUI by someone that's not even a cop. <laughs> also, also, what are the odds that that citizen had a, a regularly calibrated breathalyzer with him? That's pretty, pretty good coincidence. Uh, 
Bonner has been booked on a felony DUI Ooh. charge after he was reportedly speeding and driving erratically on Interstate 15 in Las Vegas. Um, troopers got a report around 1.15 on Sunday afternoon, 1.15 p.m., of a red Cadillac Ooh. CTS moving at speeds above 90 miles per hour and making unsafe lane changes on Interstate 15. While troopers were responding, dispatchers got calls that multiple drivers had surrounded and stopped the Cadillac about 10 miles north of the resort corridor. A trooper arrived on the scene and found people had been physically restraining the driver identified as Bonner, who appeared to be incoherent. Bonner woke up while the trooper tried to cuff him and allegedly resisted before the trooper and people were able to restrain him. The trooper allegedly smelled alcohol and noticed signs of intoxication in the driver. Medical staff responded and said there was nothing medically wrong with him. Well, besides the alcohol poisoning. But I mean, we don't trust medical professionals to make moral judgments, I guess. They're not qualified to understand the wrongness of it. You know, not that I condone drinking and driving, because I don't. But I bet it'd be really fun to get drunk and just drive super fast. Like in like 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 on the salt flash or something like that, where like you know you couldn't hurt anyone. I bet it'd be fun as fuck to do like actually I bet it'd just be fun to drive a car real fast. I've never really driven a car fast. So Yeah. I, I guess what I'm T- saying is I support NASCAR. TMZ also know that one of the citizens who restrained Bonner was armed. He has since been charged with DUI third offense, resisting an officer, and traffic offenses. So you're um, telling me that a good guy with a gun saved the day? Yeah. What I'm picturing is Bonner like racing down this road in Nevada, and a bunch of us, uh, he's swerving around going 90, and a bunch of other drivers decide to like swarm his car <laughs> and like get him off the side of the road, pull him out of the car and restrain him. Like If I see that, I'm just driving. I'm not, I might call the cops or something, yeah. but I'm not trying to get that car off the road. Like, who the fuck does that? Imagine you're some tourist and everything you've ever heard in life about Las Vegas. And you show up and suddenly you find yourself like the middle of the Las Vegas desert as a horde of people drag a man from his car and point a gun at him. And you just got to be like, huh, I guess what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas after all. Son of a bitch. They don't fuck around out here. No word on how this will affect uh, Bonner's pro wrestling career. I would assume it just gets him a push. He's uh, apparently been doing um, a little WWE developmental really? and some indie wrestling Yeah, in the last few I months. I bet Dick Murdoch is impressed with his actions. Dick Murdoch feels like the kind of guy that would have drank and drove a lot down the south. Back then when you could just hit a black guy with your car, and if you were drunk, they'd just be like, well, he was in the way. And you'd be like, that's what I was saying. I think that's the plot of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I think Dick Murdoch died recently. I think he might have also. That may be why his, his name is in my mind. He probably turns out that he's like a sober Jehovah's Witness or something like that. But I like to think he's a hard-drinking <laughs> Southern racist. It murders black men. <laughs> that's a nice thought. I can see why you'd like to think that. Yeah, it would make him a hero. Speaking of uh, potential murderers, did you hear about that guy who was sending uh, top Democrat politicians uh, bombs in the mail last week? What? Yeah, it was like a big news story. Huh. Middle of last week, there was this guy. I who, actually did. Uh, I did hear about that, but I heard about it in the worst way possible. I wish I my mom went into surgery that day. So I was, you know, just I wasn't oddly enough. I wasn't on the Internet. I didn't have any clue what was going on with all that shit. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, when I like finally like, at the end of the day checked the news, I saw like all this stuff, and I was so sad that I didn't get to like follow in real time. It's like, and we found another bomb, and another bomb, and another <laughs> bomb. Like, I bet that would have been so much fucking fun. This kind of like experiencing nine eleven in real time versus reading about it. Like, if you read about it, you're like, oh yeah, a bunch of planes hit or whatever, but you kind of know how the story ends. Where I, you know, in real time, 9-11 was exciting. You're like, oh, when's it going to end? Is there going to be another? Oh, the fourth fucking plane? Holy shit. Like, I spent all day on 9-11 thinking, there's going to be more planes. So fun. Not another fucking plane since. 17 years later, these assholes haven't flown one fucking plane into a building. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. And Bush. And Bush. Thanks, Bush. Obama's just taking credit for it. Like, he's taking credit for this great economy of Trump's. By the way, if the economy just all of a sudden went in the shitter, you think Obama's going to be sitting there going, boy, I really wish I hadn't taken credit for everything that's happening right now. Like, this looks really bad. Or do you think he just blames Trump? Be like, hey. You just blame Trump. Yeah. Trump's change in policies that's, finally that's true. Yeah. had its effect, yes. Probably, probably uh, the reason things went down the shitter, too, if we're being honest. Uh, so the, this guy from Florida, shockingly, was arrested Friday and charged in connection with mailing more than a dozen bomb-like devices to prominent Democrats. His name is Caesar Sayoc. He's 56 and a registered Republican from South Florida. Um, but the reason I bring this up is as part of the investigation, Sayoc's <laughs> white van was impounded. The van's windows were covered with pro-Donald Trump and anti-Democrat decals and stickers, including images of crosshairs on the faces of Hillary Clinton, filmmaker Michael Moore, CNN correspondent Van Jones, and others. Sayoc's fan also had a sticker logo of American Top Team on it. Um, Who didn't see that coming? One of the biggest MMA gyms in the country, easily. Um Dan Lambert, founder of the gym based in Coconut Creek, Florida, denied Sayoc having official ties to his stable of fighters and coaches. Lambert told ESPN.com, nobody knows him. I called around, not in the membership database either. I bet this happens all the time. <laughs> you, wait, what? Okay, you lots of things here. People send bombs. Okay, I bet two to, things happened like, last time. Lots, okay. lots, all the time. One. I bet you MMA gyms are rant or frequently called saying, do you have any connection with this violent man that we've just arrested? I bet that Fair. I bet uh, uh, American Top Team has just like a fucking uh, like a script that they follow with an algorithm. Like, if yes, go here. Oh, he was only a blue belt. So we didn't fear him. Oh, he was a purple belt. We kept an eye on him or something like that. Also, I bet that every time some crazy asshole does something violent. If he has any bumper stickers on a car, some detectives got to call everybody with one of those bumper stickers to be like, all right, uh, what is this? You're into the Girl Scouts. They got to call the Girl Scout group. Troop. Did you ever see any violent signs? Did he ever get out of control with the American Samoans or whatever the fuck? It, the American Samoans, just Samoa. I think they just call them Samoans. So they don't call them American Samoan cookie. That'd be a, an interesting cookie. Be like a regular, Why would- it'd be like a Samoa cookie, but with a lot more fat in it. Should have just gone with Thin Mints. Yeah, I couldn't think of it. Look, I just went with what came to mind, all right? Yes, in hindsight, I should have gone with Thin Mints or maybe, uh, uh, I don't know what the other ones are called. So, yeah, I have Samoa, Samoans. I don't even know what they're fucking called. Do they have coconut in them? I think so, yeah. yeah. that's why I don't know what they're called because I don't eat them. It's disgusting. What kind of monster eats coconut with a cookie? That's fucking ridiculous. Cookies should have nothing but sugar and butter. 
That's all a cookie should be made. And maybe like some sort of like frosting. That's it. A sticker for Combat Night, an MMA promotion based in Florida, was also seen on Seahawks Van. Making uh, this combat... the uh, the greatest publicity Combat Night's ever received. Well, Combat Night provided a statement to MMAfighting.com saying, Combat Night is not any way affiliated with the individual arrested today in connection with this week's terrorist acts. Combat Night absolutely disavows any political <sighs> violence or threats of violence, unless it's in a cage. We are... They didn't say that. They should, we are they should have. They a should political have. organization that supports MMA athletes in our local communities. We are relieved and pleased to hear that our remarkable law enforcement agencies were able to quickly apprehend the suspect without further incident. We have held over 100 events across the state of Florida, so we have a ton of fans. It is unfortunate that one of our fans is affiliated with this, but they are in no way associated with Combat Night, and he has never fought or worked for us. That is such a good response. Like, I'm blown away by a fight promotion having that well-articulated, well-thought-out kind of press release. Tells me that, again, my theory is correct. They get called about a violent shit a lot. (laughs) They just had that saved. Like, they gotta be... Pull up the bomb suspect one again. They've gotta just be like... Fan of ours committed violence. Oh, we got a lot of form letters for that. What what act of violence was? Did he did he beat his girlfriend? Because we got a lot of wife beaters in here. No DUI. Because we got a lot of the bomb. Yeah, we got a bomb one. Yeah, bomb one. It's Florida. Like most it's Florida. <laughs> most like employers have ones for like um, job recommendations or references. And, and they have ones for, like, criminals who blow buildings up and get arrested for domestic violence and stuff. Do they do, do employers really have standard form letters for job, job recommendations and shit? I mean, I, I mean I, I've had to write a bunch of job recommendations over the years, and I just kind of cut and paste and move some names around. And, huh. yeah. Doesn't seem like as w- much of a recommendation. Well, it depends on the situation, and I change some of it up. Is it like, yeah. like Jose over here is good at washing dishes and stuff? That's racist. Accurate, I bet. I bet you have a fucking person on your staff named Jose that washes dishes. There's no one named Jose working at my restaurant. Is there somebody of Hispanic origin that washes your dishes? (sighs) Not currently, no. Uh, What? A lot of Haitians. Heavy Haitians. Haitians right now. Fuck, I forgot that's a country too. Damn it. There's a lot of countries. Yeah, I hear there's like a hundred of them or something. Isn't there, there's over 200 countries in the world, I believe. Depends Mr. on how Coughlin. you define country. Sovereign states. Depends on how you define sovereign state. How many countries on earth, Google? 193 countries. As recognized by the United Nations, I bet. Correct. What? Two countries are non-members. So 195 countries in the world today. Who's not a member? Gabon, Gabon, or something like that, I bet. Countries that are non-member observer states, oh. the Holy See oh, okay. and the state of Palestine. Oh, that, honestly, I was going to get, I was curious how they handled Palestine. I mean. Taiwan, the Cook Islands are not included. Oh, in yeah. The town of 195 either. I don't, I don't know what the Cook Islands deal is. I don't know who claims that one, but the Taiwan. <laughs> Do most people know what the deal with the Cook Islands is? I assume it's the British disputing something with someone over. I don't know where they're located. I'm going to guess 
the Pacific. Uh, wow. India is really catching up to China in total population. Yeah, China's at one point. Well, China's at 1.4 billion and India's at 1.3 billion. I didn't realize they were that freaking close. We really need to stop the economic development of these countries. But they can still have sex even though they don't have money. Yeah, but the money's keeping those people alive. <laughs> like they, they need a more. They need a. I'm getting this. I think we're getting to the point where we need a famine. In uh... it's kind of interesting though that the population like just exploded over there like crazy, and it really hasn't. I mean, anywhere else? No, I mean, the population is exploding everywhere except for literally in white countries, like Africa. If you want to see something well, the, fucking terrifying, look at the birth rate in Africa. It is astonishing. The, the U.S. is still the third most populous nation in the world. Yeah, because the Mexicans keep coming up. <laughs> there's negative. There's you, negative immigration. Haven't you seen that caravan? Back to Mexico. Haven't you seen that caravan? They're just flooding us. Ten thousand people might show up. My gosh, we can't handle wow. those kind of numbers. That's like 200 a state. That's almost a Bellator. <laughs> I should start measuring immigrant caravans and Bellator show attendance numbers. Ooh, a really good Bellator show is arriving in uh, San Juan. Indonesia's fourth. Yeah, again, poor people breed a lot. They got nothing else to do and they can't afford condoms. Interesting. And they don't have fancy methods of birth control. Like pulling out. You want to see something crazy? Uh-huh. I was looking at uh, yesterday uh, the difference between Pakistan and India. Because, it's fire as what? Well, because somebody in a uh, uh, Facebook group I'm in uh, br- brought up it's a real group for smart people to talk about important issues. And, <laughs> and uh, wait, you're wait, you're a member? I kind of just make troll comments. I'm not going to lie, but. Uh, Kind of. Kind of, yeah. They're trying to like, why is this country doing well? Why is this country doing well? And this, I think the guy's really trying to rip on Islam. And I was like, I'm all in. And so I was like, the difference between India and Pakistan, because Pakistan was India until they just separated a couple of decades ago. The Pakistan, Pakistan's GDP is $300 billion. India's is $2.5 billion. India's got a pretty big country. They're huge. Yeah, like. They're, uh, they still got a horrible, evil caste system that is oppressing untold millions of people, and they're all dying of malnourishment and uh, lack of plumbing and shit like that. But a lot of people there, yeah, a lot of people in a smelly country that everybody agrees smells bad. Apparently good food. I don't know, though. Yeah, it's weird because I always look at, like, that's probably what the world was like. Like in the cities, like two hundred years ago. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, At, like yeah. the start of the industrial revolution, where they're pissing in pots and dumping it in the road and shit. You know what I mean? Oh, and for there's sure. Still, like there's still sort of like farm animals around, but there's also like some sort of like motor vehicles and cars, and it's just a clusterfuck. And like in two hundred years, maybe they'll be more similar to what we are now. And God only knows what the U.S. and modern nations now will be like in 200 years but i'd like to think um, that uh that's what houston looks like because houston has no zoning regulations at all how dare you besmirch the home city of the great black beast Derek Lewis? because he's not champion yet he hasn't brought that winning mentality to houston and they need it you can ignore the world series they won last year and some of the well, he, nba championships he's 
possibly going to bring home a championship. Oh, possibly at all. Saturday night at UFC 230 in MSG. This is He's going to get it legendary... done for everybody in New Delhi. Woo, Bombay represent. This is the show that was one time headlined by Alexander Gustafson versus Yoel Romero for an interim light heavyweight title. Then it also had Nate Diaz versus Dustin Poirier as a potential headliner. For an almost also maybe had new title. Said Sajara Eubanks versus Valentina Shevchenko for the women's flyweight title. But now we have the true people's main event of Derek Lewis taking on Daniel Cormier in one for month, the heavyweight championship oh, they, of the world. In one month or so, they scheduled or on, somewhat, somehow planned four different title fights for this show. And only one of them is an actual real title. <laughs> um, so obviously, Lewis had that big post-fight speech after his win over Alexander Volkov on the last show. He claimed he wasn't ready for a title shot and has no cardio, but took this fight anyway because he was offered a lot of money. Daniel Cormier has a bad hand injury and can't close his fist but took the fight on short notice because he probably thinks he can beat up Derek Lewis pretty readily. He's probably right about that. But this is one of those fights where I feel like it's going to be proven there's levels to this game. <laughs> um, kind of like the Volkan fight. Like, here's the thing. Derek Lewis, 9-1 and one in his last 10. How is that he possible? Wins fights. He wins fights. He hits hard. But it's like he's not a great fighter. Like, you watch him, he gets tired. He gasses out. There's no ground game. There's really no like movement or anything on his part, but he hits hard. Like if he knocks you down and you land on your back, and he jumps on top of you. You're fucked. You're going to get ground and pound and destroyed. And if he lands a good punch standing, you're destroyed. But it's like Daniel Cormier is a real fighter. He's won the light heavyweight title. He's won the heavyweight title. He beat Stipe. Like if you had Stipe versus Derek Lewis, like Stipe beats Derek Lewis nine out of 10 times. Um, And it's just like Lewis is kind of a brawler who's landed some good punches and squeaked by guys here and there. He's had a bad back. He's had other, like he broke his hand. He's had some medical issues too, but I just see DC be able to take Lewis down and just kind of grind this fight out. I, I can't imagine Cormier trying to stand and strike with him. This is a weird fight in that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the longer this fight goes, the more likely it is that Derek Lewis wins. Okay. Because I can't, I really can't see how Cormier doesn't take him down and immediately finish him in the first round. I mean, Derek Lewis has nothing on the ground. He doesn't know how to grapple at all. He's going to be in there with a world-class grappler. Right. But, so that tells me that the longer the fight goes, somehow Derek Lewis will have managed to stop a takedown or his defensive jiu-jitsu is better than I expect it to be. And so he'll land that big punch. I don't know. Everybody knows what this fight is. It's going to be the Artem fight, or it's going to be all uh, edge of your seat. Is he going to land a punch? And we're all going to like lie to ourselves, but I think deep down, everybody's just like, oh, this isn't a real fight. Like This is not going to, but we're all going to tune in because Buster Douglas did it. Cormier is really, really good. Like he, we don't give him enough credit for whatever reason. He's small. He's not jacked or whatever. He's, he's fat. He sounds bosses. stupid in com- on commentary. Right, but he's he's really freaking good. Like I just remember what he did to like Dan Henderson. 
like just throwing him around. And granted, Derek Lewis is a lot bigger guy than than Dan Henderson, but even so, it's just like Daniel Cormier is really he beats Stepe. Like he knocks Stepe out. He's really good. Anthony Johnson, you know, yeah, in in yeah. his prime, mega huge, giant, jacked up black guy that hits real hard. He's faced mm. this guy before. The only thing he's right. ever lost, the only person he ever I think what Cormier hasn't even ever really had trouble with very many fighters except for Jones. If they did Rumble versus Lewis, I'd probably pick Rumble in that fight. Um, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? I just think he's quicker. I, I, Lewis isn't fast. There's like, there's not much to his fighting style. He just punches. He doesn't kick. He he doesn't have any wrestling. There's no ground game. It's just punching. He's just and a like, huge how, dude. Where does he beat Cormier? He's just it's a like, big guy that dares you to come close enough to him for him to try to punch you. Well, it's weird too because he's not even really that big. He's like six three, which granted is big, but for a heavyweight, he's just kind of. Heavy. Yeah, but he's got a. You know what I mean? But he's a real heavyweight. You know, like like right. like Stipe, He's a real heavyweight. Uh, but again, Stipe's better in every way, and Cormier whooped him in a round. And that, granted, like I don't expect him to knock out Lewis in the first round with a punch, but he could. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Derek Lewis. Every fight he's ever had is the same fight. You're just waiting for him to land a punch, and he, to his credit. He mentally does, and he has a mental ability, and there's a skill to that, to knock out a, a giant, tall, lanky Russian guy with 30 seconds left to go in a fight. He was getting his ass kicked in. Like there is something to believing in that power and knowing how to throw it, mm-hmm. but that's also the skill that Butterbean had. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not thinking that that's a great recipe for a successful career against a guy who may arguably be the greatest light heavyweight and heavyweight of all time. Well, it's funny too, because there are, you could like, you can argue anything obviously, but you could yeah. say Cormier is coming in on short notice. He's not going to be in good shape. He's got the hurt hand. He's not going to be able to punch with that hand or whatever, or he'll damage it more in the fight. Um, and, and maybe he's, maybe he's older now. He's going to be 40 in a couple months and maybe he's slowing down. There's been no signs of that really yet, but it could be. The other thing that's weird is Cormier is going to be the smallest guy Lewis has ever fought. I would, Has to I be. would hope so. I mean, he probably won't be weight wise. Cause you know that, you know, Cormier is just going to balloon up. Like maybe I know that'll be interesting to see what he weighs. I mean, but as far as height goes, oh yeah. like, Lewis is going to be punching down yeah. <laughs> like to, to be making contact with, with Cormier. It's just like, what, what's Cormier? Like 5'10", maybe? He's a small little dude. I think he looks smaller also because of the, uh, uh, how would you say this? Because uh, he's fat. The fatness <laughs> makes him look, look, look fatter. DC's 5'11". Yeah, you know that's a lie. I bet anything if you talk to DC, he'd be like, yeah, it's more like a 5'9 and a half, 5'10. It's like, I pull that bullshit too, or I'm like, yeah, I'm 5'10. I'm 5'9 and a half. But I say 5'10 because maybe I'm 5'10 and a half. I can't remember what I like that you round up to 5'9 and a half and just sit there to say 5'9. Well, I'd rather say, I want to tell you why I claim 5'10 because I'm 5'9 and a half. I'm not 5'9 I'm not claiming an extra inch. Ladies notice if you lie about an inch. 
So I don't do that. Fair. Derek Lewis has um, gotten some sort of sponsorship from Popeye's Chicken. Is that real? Um, that is real. That wasn't he, just like one location. Well, there's one location that on Sunday after the fight, if DC wins somewhere in Texas, you get to eat for free from two to four. Anybody who comes in can eat for free from two to four. And that same location says Derek Lewis gets to eat there for life for free. Derek Lewis will move to Texas to get Popeye's he, chicken for life. He lives in Texas. It's near I mean, where he lives. I mean, move to that part. Oh, it's near where he lives. Oh, yeah. Yes. I and keep thinking he's in Louisiana. He grew up there. That's where he got arrested and went to jail, I believe. Derek Lewis went to jail? Yeah, he was in jail for like three years oh, for like some f- sort of assault, assault and battery, I think. This changed. I didn't know he was a bad person. He didn't even start training MMA until like he was in his mid-20s. Well, I knew that, but I didn't know he was a bad person. Oh, shit. He's redeemed himself. Maybe. People make mistakes. He's got to win the title to redeem himself. Otherwise, he goes back to jail. Ooh, <laughs> that's a good way to do things. It's like Big Boss Man versus Nails. Could you have a, a more racist match than... Loser goes to jail and winner gets fried chicken for life. <laughs> there is something slightly racist about, but I think uh, we're post-racial is... on this one. Actually, I think I think it's a good I, thing I, that we're all comfortable. And I know I'm interrupting you and not letting you talk. I'm being an it's asshole. Fine. Uh, no, I know you're also used to that and you accept it. And that's how things normally go. Yeah, I get it. I know what your little insult is going to be. I talk too much. Point is, we all accept that the two black men want to fight over fried chicken, and everybody goes, you know what? We as a country have acknowledged that black people do like fried chicken, and all the all the blacks have all said, you know what? We do like it. You got us. Murder, she wrote song. I was thinking about that today, actually, and I came to the conclusion that it's more just based on where you live than anything else, and like what food is abundant where you live. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah, Asian people eat rice. That's just because it grows in Asia readily and they've got those patties and everything and the way the agriculture is set up, it grows well there. Just like whatever, regionally in the South, fried chicken and okra and gumbo and all this stuff is popular. But it's popular with white people and black people in the South as opposed to something in New England like, I don't know, clam chowder or something. It's more just based on what is available and around here. Like, black people up here probably don't regularly okra because we can't grow that up here. You know what I mean? It's more regional than ethnic. Is okra, is that part of uh, collard greens? No, that's a different vegetable. They're two separate. But that's another one. Collard greens is popular down south, but I'm sure white people down south eat collard greens, too. You know what I I mean? It has nothing to do with race. It's just what's available. It's funny because I think in some respects, because we're both northerners, our type of people really are more – I don't say we're more racist than the whites in the south because that's not accurate. However, there is some disconnect where, like, what you're saying is true. We see it and you go, you're saying all black people like fried chicken. It's like, no, no, no. All southern people like fried chicken. It just happened to – all black people live in the South. Like, that's just right. All black people in America are Southerners. Like, in the same way that I'm. <laughs> they are, though. In the same. In the, in, like, ethnically. Like, their, their ethnic origin, their origin story, mm-hmm. if you will, starts in the American South. Because we stole their, their history. They don't know. Most of them don't even know where they're from in Africa. Because, you know, right. I don't know if there were countries in Africa at that time, to be honest. If there were, the British probably drew them or something. And so we just stole these people from their home. They don't know where they're from. They could be Angolan or, uh, 
East Timorin, East Timor. I don't know if that's in Africa. It sounds like it might may, actually East Timor may be part of Angola. Now that I think about it. So th- my point is, is that they, that's their, their culture is, uh, what a show is, is I know is white, is white trash culture. <laughs> Is because that's all black people are. Like, what we, we what people see is a negative stereotype for black people. It's just white trash. Thomas Sowell wrote about this in his book, uh, White Liberals, Black Rednecks, about how the influence with uh, within the black culture really comes from the dumb white trash Scots Irish hillbilly culture. That it, uh, so, what we see as negatives within the black culture is just them. It it's just slave uh, mentality that's adapt, adopted their uh, local white trash. Really, the South was like five white guys in suits and a bunch of poor whites and poor blacks. And then uh, the people in the North like, you guys are treating those blacks unfairly. And we were, because we're racist. But nobody's driver's like, hey, and, and the whites too. The whites are like, what about us? We need a new water fountain. But they didn't get the new water fountain. And now the blacks have all the good facilities in the South. And that's why the whites resent them and vote Republican. This has been your alternative take on history by Mike Hoffman here at MMA and stuff on halfguarded.com. Aren't you glad you're listening? Who are you picking in the main event? Derek Lewis. <laughs> in the co-main, we have Chris Weidman versus Ronaldo Jacare Sosa. Yeah, Chris Weidman probably should win because he's not on short notice and he can pretty much do everything Jacare can do, but he can also do other things. Shocker is not short notice either. He was already scheduled for this card. Well, once you shut the fuck up and stop ruining my points, all right? Prior to that, we'll have David Branch versus Jared Cannonier. Wow. Carl Roberson versus Jack Marshman. Madison Square Garden, baby. And in the opener of the main card, Derek Brunson versus Israel Adesanya. Sure. I, if Adesanya wins this, it'll it'll say something. I mean, Brunson's a real real middleweight top ten guy. Um, how I don't know how fucking angry is Bellator that they didn't sign Adesanya? Yeah, they seem right up. He seems right up there. Yeah, he's just their perfect mascot. <laughs> they already have MVP. That's probably enough. I'm thinking because right? his name is Israel. Ah, uh, heard. I, I thought you meant because he was a kickboxer with no. No, because he's because he, he's a Jew. I don't even know if he's a Jew, actually. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> he's from New Zealand, I think, or something. Who names their kid Israel? Israel Mobalahi Adesanya, born July twenty second, nineteen eighty nine, is a Nigerian New Zealander, Uh-oh. mixed martial artist, and former kickboxer. He he's ranked. Yeah. Number six as a middleweight kickboxer. Oh, I was gonna say the UFC. Really, jeez, that that He's... that Jew power is real. I background. He was born in Lagos, Nigeria. He trained Taekwondo for a brief time, but was removed by his mother after breaking his arm. In two thousand one, he moved to Wanganui, New Zealand, and at age eighteen, after being inspired by the Muay Thai film Ong Bak. <laughs> Started training kickboxing. What? Adesanya amassed an amateur record of thirty-two and zero prior to moving and fighting in China. Oh, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna retract that. Um, I think he's gonna be Christian. My guess is he's a Christian because uh, he's either Christian or Muslim. I'm going with agnostic. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, he's been in the West long. Enough. Well, 
I don't know. Immigrants kind of like they're Jesus. I just can't picture a Muslim name naming him his, his kid Israel. It just seems like it'd be a real like be like a Jewish guy named uh, uh, um, I can think of a uh, Mosul. Mosul's a place in Germany. It's also a place in Iraq, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Like you fucking you fucked me the first time. I'm like, no, 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 it's not Mosul. Listen, we 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 killed people in Mosul. Mosul is it's also uh, known for its Riesling, the Mosul River in Germany. Huh. Uh, in the prelims on Fox Sports One, we've got uh, Jason Knight versus Jordan Rinaldi. Winner gets to go uh, on Joe Rogan's uh, buddies podcast. Maybe, and then we've got Sajara Eubanks. Jason Knight never Robson. got his appearance on Rogan, did he? He has yeah. not. <laughs> Good old Hick, D, fucking, Hick Diaz. He begged to be on the fucking podcast. And Rogan's like, oh, yeah, sure, buddy. Oh, never going to happen. He'll have to try again. Well, he does that MMA one. He could have Jason Knight he on that. He still hasn't had him on. Hick Diaz. Come on. I bet Rogan's got to be like, I can't fucking do an hour with you. <laughs> Rogan will do an hour with anybody. He doesn't and That's what I'm saying. That's how bad Hick Diaz is. I think he would do it. If Hick Diaz wins this fight on the main event on Fox Sports 1 and asks again, I bet you he will get on. I bet he won't. All right. You didn't think the trade was really going to happen? No, I did. I just didn't. I was going with a more technical and nuanced look at things. Us lawyers can't help but focus on the details. Now, in the fight everyone's been looking forward to in women's flyweight, Sajara Eubanks managed to stay on this card. She's going to fight Foxy Roxy Modafferi again, who she's already defeated once. And Eubanks has threatened to lay into Joe Rogan after she wins this fight in her post-fight interview because Rogan made fun of her and didn't know who she was when she was announced for the main event against Valentina Shevchenko. Fucking imagine if this chick knew who we were. If she's mad at Rogan, I can't imagine Rogan said anywhere nearly as inflammatory as I. I'll say it right now. No one knows who you are. You should be grateful that you're allowed to fight anywhere. 50 years ago, you'd have been making bacon, bitch. Maybe 70 years ago. Actually, with the name like Sajaya Eubanks, I think she's black. 70 years ago, you would not have been making bacon because you would have been too poor and prohibited from owning bacon because I'm sure they had some sort of law in the South. again. This has been the most racist fucking show ever. Just on your part. Yeah, well, I've, I've I didn't say fine. on your part. I know. We, we all know I'm the racist here. Julio Arce versus Shaman Marace. And Ben Saunders versus Leeming Good opens the prelims on Fox Sports 1. It's kill a bee. It's always weird when, and this happens a lot more, I've noticed as I get older, that the lower ends of cards have the fighters that I'm like, oh, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. Oh, there they are. As opposed to these nobodies on the main card. Also, uh, Eubanks and Matafari should be on the pay-per-view. I honestly, okay. I honestly believe, like, if you guys, if you motherfuckers were going to schedule Eubanks to be the main event of the pay-per-view, she should at least get to fight on the <laughs> undercard of it. Yeah. Uh, you could probably pull uh, Carl Roberson versus Jack Marshman. Exactly. I mean, do we really need a Jack Marshman fight? And man, the main card is really weird. It's four middleweight fights and one heavyweight. I feel like they were really planning for a middleweight title fight, huh? It feels that way. 
Uh, we've also got on the Fight Pass prelims Matt Frivala versus Lando Venata. Ooh, Lando. Shane Burgos versus Kurt Hollibaugh. I remember Shane Burgos had like a, oh, this guy might be a thing. Yeah. Oops. Brian Kelleher versus Montel Jackson, not to be confused with Montel Jordan. And Adam Wizarek versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima opens the card at heavyweight. Montel is a very good black name. How like, awesome if, like, DC misses weight and tries to use the towel and they have to pull DC because he can't make 265 and they just move, like, Adam Wizarek to the main event against Derek Lewis. How amazing good. would it be if For they For an think... interim heavyweight title. No. Dana has to follow precedent. The last time is... a champion didn't make weight, they stripped her of the title. Remember? <laughs> So <laughs> DC has no belt. Exactly. Can you imagine how incredible it would be if he never loses any of his belts and that doesn't have them? Oh my gosh, that'd be incredible. Especially if like Cor- uh, Jones comes and then wins the heavyweight title. Mm. Just take everything from Cormier. That'd be Cal- good. That'd be so awesome if 2019 was the year that Jones won all the titles just to prove it to Cormier that he'll never be number one all time. Do you have a uh, buy rate prediction for this show that you can later um, claim you didn't make? Uh, first of all, I don't appreciate the uh, insinuation as to the defect of my character. And I will save um, 300,000 buys. Oh, come on. Didn't Cormier have like about that with uh... Stipe? Yeah. I don't remember. Like it wasn't like that. Like it was under half a million, I think. Yeah. And as much like as much as I wanted to be a million buys, I just think that <laughs> in this racist climate of ours, America won't support the black man like that. Fair you enough. imagine if Derek Lewis did a million buys? I mean, holy fuck! That would show that America is really, really fascinated with the size of black men's crotches. He claims he, uh, it turns out his balls weren't really hot after the fight. Uh, we got clarification on it this week. He actually wanted to throw his shorts into the crowd after the fight. So he took his shorts off thinking, I'm going to throw these in the crowd. This will be a goodwill gesture that will endear me to the fans. Yet when asked about his reasoning for doing this great goodwill gesture, instead of telling everybody, hey, I'm a good guy who wanted to celebrate with the fans and give back to the community, he instead said, my balls was hot. He's smart. He's good on the fly. Hey, that shit got him more attention. He got a world title fight because of his big black balls. How awesome is that? The black things are turned around for the black man. And as a black uh, man, I can't be happier. Do, do we have some time for stuff or do we have to wrap it up? Oh, I got all fucking day. Oh, I thought you had to go to work or no, something. No, no, no. I took today off. Oh, because of your, your mom's hip? Yeah. Um, do you guys listen to Hips Don't Lie by Shakira? Fucking A, man. That's all I've been playing. And I'm playing on repeat. Just not stop. I like the part where Wyclef comes in. That's the be- Everybody knows the best part of all songs is when Wyclef John shows up. And that, that used to happen a lot in like the late 90s. Like Wyclef John was just shopping like, hey, Wyclef's in this, in this song. Hip-hop fans are, are fickle. It's like that, DJ College. You have a short now. window. Like you don't hear much about like uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony anymore. Yeah. yeah and yet, Coolio, remarkable staying, staying power. Yeah, he's had a lot of hits in the last 20 he's years, still on, that's for sure. I'm still aware that he, he's still alive. Well, given that, he's still alive. That's a pretty big win for Julio. He started gangster rap, <clears throat> and he didn't get... 
Uh, speaking of hot shorts and things in your underwear, a man who allegedly has been dumping bags of dirty diapers at intersections throughout Franklin Township, New Jersey, for the past year has been caught. William Friedman, 68, was spotted making his latest drop around 3.15 a.m. Sunday, police said. He was processed and issued multiple township ordinances. Police could count on Friedman to be a regular. He would do it at least three times a week at different intersections. He would do it a couple of months in one area and then move to a different intersection. We could never get a time down. But Officer Derek Moretti <laughs> thought he recently had detected somewhat of a pattern, so he decided to patrol the area around routes 47 and 40 early Sunday. That's when he saw the driver of a box truck dump a load of soiled diapers in the middle of the roadway. I'm thinking that the police in that department don't have a lot to do. If you're conducting a sting operation to find the guy with the dirty diapers, probably not a lot of murder one happening in your town. Imagine, though, if you did get killed or if, like, you called 911 because your house is on fire and they took a little longer to get there and you found out later it's because they were tracking down the guy leaving diapers filled with shit on street corners. Like, what the fuck? We've gone from, what is with people and their poop? I bet this guy knows that chick that used to jog and take shits in Denver. <laughs> she was good. I don't know if she ever got caught. We're going to have to do a follow-up on that. <clears throat> um, following a traffic stop, Freeman was taken to police headquarters where he was interviewed about the diapers. He admitted to dropping these bags multiple times at multiple different intersections throughout the past 10 months. When questioned, um, when asked why, he just said, eh, shit happens. He's claiming the diapers were his grandsons. He said it That's almost right became up your alley. That's a total dad joke. Yeah, well, it was a little basic. All right, Mr. Pun. You know that he's, Brian's name on um, on the web on halfguarded.com because he doesn't want his, his given name out there because, you know, he's smart, is the pun master general. I, I've seen that, yeah. yes. His name is Brian Coughlin, C-O-U-G-H-L-I-N, born in Elmhurst, Illinois. Brian Coughlin is the pun master general, and he makes all the horrible evil you see somebody dox him. Do you, um, want share his, <laughs> do you want to share social? Uh, I don't know what it is. All right. <laughs> How about do you know, do you know any of his pin numbers? Uh, no. Uh, I do know some of his passwords. I know his Netflix password, but I'm not giving that out. <laughs> God forbid. He might take then he might take it away from me. Um, this man is claiming the diapers were his grandsons. He said it almost became a game because sometimes he saw the officer sitting <laughs> in an area and would go somewhere else. The motive in the case seems to be nothing else than this gentleman thinking this was funny, which it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. I think we have a different definition of funny there, police officer. Uh, a June 24th motorcycle accident in the area is blamed on a slippery bag of diapers in the roadway. Oh, the motorcycle was totaled and the driver had minor injuries, according to police. Friedman is charged with interference with transportation in that case, which might allow the motorcyclist to be reimbursed. He faces fines up to $1,000 in connection with nine township ordinances. Um, can you imagine driving your motorcycle? You're going down the road. And all of a sudden, you run over a bag of shitty diapers and skid and fall off the motorcycle, and your motorcycle's totaled. On the other hand, if you're driving a motorcycle, you're probably an asshole. So I'm not really, eh, 
this kind yeah, of it's still it's still a, a a shitty day. Oh, so so when you make it, when you make the fucking jokes, fine. But when I make it, you see, dog, you see what I have to work with here. This is some bullshit, baby shit. It's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do Mike it. Mike Rowe does it. Moving along. <laughs> Uh, a man was arrested for trying to steal I bet the that's one of those things. By the way, that's one of those things where when you're standing before the judge, you know you can't say anything because all you really want to say is, "Am I really in trouble for this? Can I just say, okay, I won't do this again?" Like, do we actually have to like go through the whole rigmarole, like where we pretend that I intended for somebody's motorcycle to get caught up in my my shit escapades? We all knew what this was. Just a little. Boys will be boys fun here. That's Brett Kavanaugh. He did this all the time. Brett Kavanaugh seems like a kind of, This is like ding-dong ditch with baby diapers. I doubt Brett Kavanaugh um, dealt with baby diapers much. I bet Brett Kavanaugh I feel like is, rich people don't have to deal with dirty diapers. No, but Brett Kavanaugh is absolutely the type of person that would leave shit on someone's yard or doorstep in their gym I can see bag. him like lighting a bag of shit and throwing it on a doorstep, but he's not changing a kid's diapers and... No, he's just not doing that. No, well, he might do it. Once. I bet you he's never changed a diaper in his life. I don't know. He's, he he does seem like he's actively involved in his kid's life, and he's a pervert. So maybe he'd be into that. <laughs> um, what what do you know about the Magna Carta? Well, I know that. Uh, you mean the the Constitution is rough draft. What a show! What a show this is. The, the rough draft of the Constitution, as I like to call it. Uh, a man suspected of trying to steal a Magna Carta from its display case at Salisbury Cathedral has been arrested after he was wrestled to the ground by cathedral employees. Priests. Wiltshire. Who then Wiltshire. raped him. <laughs> cathedral employees. Like, like, like churches have employees. Priests and nuns. That's who run churches. Maybe the, maybe maybe the, is... maybe the organist, like fucking like 80-year-old Betty, just like, ah, not the Magna Carta. Ah. Also, why is the Magna Carta in church? <laughs> but, uh. Wiltshire police said cathedral alarms sounded Thursday afternoon in the southwestern English city when a person armed with a hammer tried to smash the glass box surrounding the Magna Carta. Uh, the Magna Carta is considered the founding document of English law and civil liberties, a document that influenced the shapers of the U.S. Constitution. This sounds like he just, uh, you know, this sounds like the, the plot of the next Ocean's 12 movie or whatever. Just showed up with a hammer. Oh, this will do it. I always like criminals are just like, don't even pretend like they're smart. It's like, I just want it. I have a hammer, so I'm going to break the glass. And you know what? That tends to work. Yeah, fuck it. Go for There's, it. That happens all the time in Chicago. It's a smash and grab. These people will steal a car. They drive the car into the uh, through the window of like a high-end boutique, and they steal a bunch of purses, and then they run away. This happens on like Michigan Avenue in Chicago way more often than you would think. The document granted by King John in 1215 established the principle that the king was subject to the law rather than above it. It also stipulated that no free man shall be seized or imprisoned except by the lawful judgment of his equals or by law of the land. I mean, it, what, what was that, 1200, something like that? 11... 1215. Fuck, I'm good. Uh, I, I said it. I mean, I didn't really... Oh, did you? Okay, maybe I just... Okay, maybe I don't listen to them. Uh, point is that uh, I'm just going to stop while I'm behind. Okay. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, the most 
probably important historical document is safe and sound. Okay. Still. I would not call it the most so important I guess the histo- king... historical document. I think the Bible is a little more important. But that that's just a that's just like a fictional story. So is Amazing Carta. No, I, I think that was real and it was law, wasn't it? Do, do you see equality of the law yet? Can a black man be guaranteed to be treated the same way as a white man? I don't think so. Therefore, it's fiction. There's no guarantees in life. The Bible doesn't make any guarantees. Actually, it might. Actually, the Bible may make. Actually, that's right. The Bible makes a lot of guarantees. All right. You, I can see the point, and you are correct. Human urine has been used to create environmentally friendly bricks by university students in South Africa. They combine <sighs> urine with sand and bacteria in a process that allows the bricks to solidify at room temperature. It's essentially the same way that coral is made in the ocean, Dylan Randall the supervisor at University of Cape Town told the BBC, normal bricks need to be baked in high-temperature kilns that produce large amounts of carbon dioxide. These do not. Oh, yeah. This is way fucking better. I am so happy that my, uh, my piss bricks don't have as much carbon dioxide emission. It's just really... These people didn't invent bricks. They just peed on brick. Like All the other stuff in there, the sand and mortar or whatever, that's making the brick. You just pissed on some bricks and said, I made a brick out of pee. No, you didn't. It's like if I pee on a car, I didn't make a car out of pee. There may be more to this than that, but. The engineering students at the University of Cape Town have been harvesting urine from men's toilets. Seriously? First... You, you had to harvest? First of all, does anybody in, in South Africa flush their toilet? Also, you, you couldn't get, you guys just couldn't pee in a jar yourself? You gotta go to the men's like, hey, hey, that guy went in there, stand outside and like as the guy's in there taking a leak. Don't flush. Could you just not flush? Can I watch? The bricks take between four and six days to grow, depending on the strength needed. After first making a solid fertilizer, the leftover liquid is then used in a biological process to grow what the university calls biobricks. The process is called microbial carbonate precipitation. The bacteria produces an enzyme that breaks down in the urine, forming calcium carbonate, which then binds the sand into rock-hard gray bricks. I understand that there are some cognitive limitations for dogs, but imagine explaining to your dog that you turned your pee into a house. (laughs) Um, On average, a person typically produces 200 milliliters and 300 milliliters of urine per urination a bio brick needs between 25 liters and 30 liters to grow so, so to make one urine brick you need to go to the loo ten times. about a hundred times a hundred oh yeah for one brick so it, you're saying there's a chance that it could work well if you take like Say you saved every Indian's urine. Mm-hmm. That's 1.54 billion pisses, you know, at least probably you would think four or five times a day. And you're normally, they're just pissing in the street or whatever anyway. True. Save all that urine and you can build fucking cities, castles. No problem. And since it's India and it already smells like urine, no one will notice. It's an idea. The worst could be the future. It's the worst show we've ever done from like a, a a wrongness standpoint. 
Ironically enough, yeah, because I've been really last week was pretty bad. Also. I felt really bad about that one too. I, I my only saving grace was the, the last thing I ever said on the show, so maybe nobody listened to it. I'm sure nobody listened to it. And I'm sober that, as fuck this week. That one guy might have. Yeah, not anymore. He's gone. Um, he's probably black. He's like, really? I'm like, I didn't mean it that way. I feel bad about it a week later. When have I ever felt bad about a word I've said? Regular bricks are kiln-fired at temperatures around 1,400 degrees Celsius. But Dr. Randall admits their process is much smellier. Say you had a pet and it peed in the corner and you have that strong smell. That's ammonia being released. This process produces ammonia as a byproduct. You're really, they're really selling you on this idea, aren't they? Your house will smell like that time your dog pissed in the corner. What? But after about 48 hours, the bricks completely lose the ammonia smell. They do not have any health risks either. The process we use in stage one kills all harmful pathogens and bacteria because we operate at an extremely high pH level that has been shown to kill pretty much everything. Why can they not use water or something? I think this is just a... um eco-friendly thing you're you're not pissing in the toilet you're saving the piss and reusing it like if we've gotten to the point where the environmentalists make us feel bad for our natural bodily functions come on like i i can accept even though i don't support it i can get behind somebody being like we got to get rid of all the cars you know all this pollution all the smoke is not good for the environment i'm like fine i can ride a horse or whatever i ride like mini a mini horse a pony or whatever there but i gotta pee man like, I don't have to feel bad about peeing. I don't have a choice in it. It's going to happen. Bellator executive 50 Cent is feuding with Ja Rule still. <laughs> I like that. That's his new official title. I wish I could edit Wikipedia. That would just be the first thing. Bellator executive 50 Cent. Uh, they have a, a bitter feud, which has gone on for some 20 years. Ja Rule is hitting back at 50 Cent for trolling him by buying 200 tickets to one of his concerts, only to leave the seats empty. Uh, 50 Cent got onto Ja Rule's Instagram account to taunt him over the weekend, announcing he had bought 200 front row tickets. That's a big front row to an upcoming show uh, in Texas next month. He claimed to have taken advantage of a Groupon offer that made the tickets $15 each. <laughs> Meaning he spent three grand on the prank. Okay, that's pretty uh, good, then. If he, if he only spent like three grand on the prank, I'm honestly a little disappointed that he didn't spend six or even ten. Or so. Like, take some of that Bellator money you're getting and, uh, you know, really embarrass him. Okay, here's the thing Ja Rule, 20, like we said, uh, hip hop is a fickle <laughs> business. You don't have a long career. Like 50 Cent is bankrupted working for Bellator now. And he was the biggest rapper in the world, you know, 20 years ago, sells 10 million records and now is considered a wash up has been. Then you got Ja Rule, who's never even reached 50 Cent's level, um, selling front row tickets to a show on Groupon for 15 <laughs> bucks a piece. I mean, like, you can't go to WWE in the rafters for 15 bucks. Like, what the hell? I, I feel like if you're 50 Cent, you didn't even need to buy all the tickets to embarrass him. All you would have had to do is tweet out to everybody, hey, Ja Rule's available on Groupon. By the way, Ja Rule, uh, your whole career, I don't know really how successful it was, but I'm sure it was absolutely murdered dead when, when Dave Chappelle pointed out, like, 
After a tragedy, nobody asks what the fuck Ja Rule thinks about something. Whenever I hear Ja Rule, I just picture Dave Chappelle saying, and hey, I love it happened. Now we turn to Ja Rule. 50 Cent even photoshopped himself onto a group of empty seats at an event and edited together footage depicting Ja Rule performing to an empty room of seats as well. Why this show? Like, I understand having a feud with a guy and hating him. Actually, I don't because I try to let things go. Let, let's let that slide. But, like, all of a sudden, 50 Cent is just like, you know what? Fuck Ja. He's got a show in Galveston. I gotta buy the front row tickets. I'm not sure. But Ja Rule fired back on Instagram with two posts. One a mock-up of 50 Cent in drag. The other a photo <laughs> of him with a person in drag and his junior associate, Yum Buck. Second features sex toys <laughs> photoshopped into it. So clearly Fifty... the rap community has embraced this progressive era that we're in. 50 Cent is labeled an old ho-ass nigga <laughs> in one of Ja Rule's posts. I want to end the show right now. So the two weeks in a row, the last thing either one of us said is the N-word. Oh, I'm just quoting. I was quoting. Not actually using My it. dad. Um, and you had an ERI of yours. Where it was a little harder than I... I was in character, all right? Okay. Um, like so that that's so basically... The, so he just went with a straight homophobic slam. Just straight yeah. up. Yeah. You're gay. Yeah. Like, I bought all the tickets. Essentially. You're not popular. Oh, yeah? Well, you're gay. And you like butt stuff. Pretty much. These men are, are paid for their ability to, uh, to think. That's all speak. That's all rap is. It's just a variation of thinking and expressing your thoughts. Poetry. It's poetry. This, this is how this, I mentioned this is what William Blake would do. Hey, Percival Shelley, fuck you, faggot. Like, oh, thou dost. Slave me with thy, with thy insult. I am a I am a burdensome bundle of sticks. I forgot that back then they probably didn't use the f word, to uh, in that way. It appears um, that the Crown Jewel pay per view, uh, WWE show is still happening. Oh yeah. Uh, but two. Speaking of people that use the n word, <laughs> two wrestlers are refusing to attend. One is John Cena, and the other is Daniel Bryan. So neither of them are going to make the trip to Saudi Arabia, um, probably due to their murderous, <laughs> despotic regime. I was going to say, I mean, I don't really know what their problem is here. John Cena is an interesting one. You know, like, I feel like him and Daniel Bryan, they must be really... Oh, wait a second. He's not with Nikki Bella anymore, is he? Because I don't know why he's pretending to be woke. I assume it's always I, Daniel I Bryan. Th- I think he has concerns about his... Like movie career, huh. like he he's kind of walking, getting away from WWE. He's only like a part timer, and he's you know been in some movies and stuff. Um, I, I think that that's the basic gist of it. Maybe he just doesn't want to fly to fucking Saudi Arabia. Maybe there's like it's it's simple. He as... already did. He fought Triple H on the last one. Oh yeah. So what's he concerned with now? Oh yeah. Ooh, uh, ooh, ooh, Saudi Arabia killed someone. Ooh, well I'm not gonna go there now. Six months ago, they were a fucking model democracy that we were all hoping the Middle East would take their cues from. The fucking country that produced everybody that did 9-11. Boy, the fuck. We've just let that one slide, haven't we? They did 9-11, and everybody in America was like, yeah, but they gave us a lot of money. And we're like, eh. If you were um, being executed for a crime... Uh 
What would your last words be? I've thought about what my last words would be. <laughs> I try to like. I want good last words. Uh, okay. It would, I don't know. It would depend on the crime. Definitely would depend on the crime. Depend on how I was like. If I had actually did it and I deserved to be executed, I would probably be a little more, you know, sorry about my actions. Or maybe I'd be defiant. I'd probably be defiant. I'd probably say my last words are bigly. Do it bigly. <laughs> A South Dakota inmate who killed a correctional officer seven years ago during a failed prison escape on the guard's 63rd birthday was put to death Monday evening, marking South Dakota's first execution since 2012. Rodney Burgett, 56, received a lethal injection of an undisclosed drug for the 2011 slaying of Ronald R.J. Johnson, who was beaten with a pipe and had his head covered in plastic wrap. Oh, well, that's vicious. Burgett's execution was the state's fourth since it reinstated the death penalty in 1979. It originally was to be carried out at 1.30 p.m. Central Time, but was delayed for hours while the U.S. Supreme Court weighed a last-minute legal bid to block it. In his last words about the wait, Burgett joked, Sorry for the delay. I got caught in traffic. <laughs> Good for him. Also, I like South Dakota. You got you to like a state where they're like, yeah, it's been six years since we killed someone. So like, our first execution in 20, 30 years. South Dakota's like, since Obama was president. It's our first one of this president. Oh, sorry, I made you guys after, late. Yeah, it's good. After the administering of the drug started at 7.25 p.m., Burgett groaned and pushed out his chest. He drifted off and snored briefly before his eyes closed. He was pronounced dead at 7.37 p.m. Um, I mean, we are laughing. It's like, ah, sorry, I was late. Traffic. Ha, ha, ha. As he's being led to be executed because he beat a man to death with a pipe. Like, he's a fucking animal. Right. The whole thing's weird because I, I don't like the death penalty. I don't Me think neither. like the government should decide who get who gets murdered and who doesn't. Well, I mean, granted, like that's what laws are. I know. I mean, technically, in a democracy, <laughs> you could just say the people decide that's why I don't by like how they vote and who's in office and everything. Like, I, I get it. Like, it's a democratic thing, but me personally, I, I don't support it. Um, just because I think they can fuck up, and I, I don't think we should decide who gets to live and who gets to die it's essentially murder just in a different way but pretty much that's just that's just pretty much is it's it's uh i don't know i feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna be doing state-sponsored executions i actually read this once um scott i think it's williamson uh one of the guys uh the guy that got hired by the atlantic the conservative and then they immediately fired him because he turned out that he does like abortion and he and, and he said um, if abortion is illegal, yes, women should go to jail for having an abortion, and the doctors should face a death penalty, and we should hang them. And everybody's like, oh, this is crazy. And his point was actually kind of valid, which is if we're going to do the death penalty, we should make it visceral. Like, we should be aware of what we're doing. We should stop sanitizing it. If we're going to kill people, none of this bullshit, oh, we put a little needle in your arm and you went to sleep. No, hang a dude, shoot him. It's a violent act. We're murdering someone, if you will. Admit what you're doing. Stop covering it up. Stop pretending. Stop making it palatable. It shouldn't be easy and like on your soul to kill a man. It shouldn't be pushing a button. You just gotta look him in the eyes and whisper to him. You deserve. Should this. it be? Do you think it should be painless? Um. Yes. Like it should. 
Okay. I don't think there's any reason to torture him. Oh, first of all, the Constitution says it, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't think there's any reason to torture someone. I mean, I, I think there should be a quick death. Uh, I don't think it, it needs to be, quote, unquote, pain-free. Like, shooting a guy, to me, is fine. Like, that's painless, if you will. Like, you got to shoot him. You can't shoot him in the leg. <laughs> Work your way up the bottom. God, that'd be amazing. Though, imagine if juries could decide what kind of punishment you're going to get. Like, he will be shot in the leg and left in the pit. If he survives three days, he can be free. He'll be shot in the leg, then thrown in a shark tank. Well, now you're just being ridiculous. I mean, um, well, it's weird too how that sort of thing has changed over the years, at least in America. I mean, there's still public executions in the Middle East, I guess, but yeah. like public executions were like common, like hangings, like the gallows oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Like, it, it's funny that we we gradually moved away from that because. Like, even back in, like, Roman times, like, the shit with the lions, feeding the Christians to the lions and all that crap. It's like, people would go and watch that, and it's weird that, like, nowadays, nobody nobody's going to go watch an execution. Well, we are going to watch UFC 230 on Saturday. Fair, but... And let's face it, we're the, all watching MMA secretly hoping somebody dies. Like, every I time... I don't think anybody... Like, we would be you know those faces of death and all that Ugh. shit. Like I've never watched that. I have no interest in seeing somebody die. Like it's just um, no, it's awful. Not for me. I, I, I mean, I know that's like a niche thing out there, but um, it's just interesting how that how that's changed. And like we were talking about earlier, the stuff in the Middle East, they're a few hundred years behind or whatever. Um, it's it still goes goes on there, and we like look down on it, but it was like. A couple hundred years ago, that shit was happening in this country too. Fuck. They were burning wit. They were burning witches. People would go and watch people thrown on fires and burn alive. Fucking this in the last century, they just did lynchings. Like they right. would just. Ever, my mom always talked about. She read a book. I think it was a fiction book, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was based on reality about how like she was struck by the description because it was a description of the, every of uh, the local school children, everybody putting their Sunday best to go out to a picnic and all this. And as uh, all the people were having a picnic, they were hanging a black guy. It was, just, it was just like, that's what you did in the South at times. Now I'm maybe that's a little exaggerated, but it's not sure. that exaggerated. Like there are people alive today who I don't think participated in, in such a lynching, but they definitely were like the children of people that did it, or they had, friends or relatives like my 97 year old grandmother she's got to have known someone if not herself that's something horrifically racial at one point like that's just how it was man you got to forgive and you got to forget right people am i no am i getting this wrong we shouldn't we shouldn't forget oh okay uh it's funny too because i know know we've talked about it in the past but lynching stuff like people look back on things that happen now and be like holy shit why'd they do that and i I always talk about like football and mma any like high impact sports like once all the ct stuff come cte stuff comes up it's like people are gonna be like what were those people thinking like they knew about it and they still did it like like smoking like forever people smoked and didn't really get it and now it's like well, you're everybody knows you're fucking yourself up if you do that and it's just funny because in a hundred years it'll be something else we're looking back on public executions like i can't believe they would do that and go and watch it and granted it's all levels to it but i'm sure there's something going on now that we don't even really think about mm-hmm. and people be like i can't believe they lived with dogs in their houses oh well yeah <laughs> i mean i can't believe you still 
beyond. That's a testament to the uh, white man's ability just to live with a bullshit situation. White men are known for putting up with stuff. Yeah, no, but you're absolutely right. It's it's kind of one of those things that you see a lot, and it's why it's un it's not unfair necessarily, but we have to be careful when we too harshly judge historical figures by living right. according to the norms of the time, like slavery. Slavery was way more common than we've ever than people really realized. Like we see it as like this racial thing, but really historically, slavery had nothing to do with race. Like you just enslaved people. This is what you did. It was a way to get fucking labor. And nowadays right. we, I guess, have decided that that's wrong somehow. I mean, I think we should focus on that it was wrong to have slaves based on your race. The concept of slavery itself could have many benefits for a corporation looking for cheap labor. And I think we should consider bringing it back. <laughs> I've read stuff on like the slave trade. And part of the reason it was from Africa was because it was easier to yeah. come from Europe, go to Africa, get slaves and bring them to the United States than say, I don't know, Aborigines from Australia. Or Asia or, or something like or, that. Or, yeah. yeah, you're not going to bring them across the Pacific because everything was on the East Coast in the 1700s. There was no West Coast back then. You know, the first, um, the first person in American history, I think American history or common law, I, I'll say this, I think it's a common law history in the Americas. The first man to ever be legally recognized as an owner of a slave was a black man. Huh. It was a freed slave. And that, yeah, obviously they brought him over and they, we switched over, you know, who was in charge or whatever. But so technically what I'm saying is it's the black man's fault that this happened. Obviously there's huge differences in cultures around the world now, and it's creating wars and issues and everything else. But it was really different back then because you had no idea what went on on another continent. Like now we know, like the whole world's been explored. We know what, Australia and South America and all these places were like, but like 1500s, 1600s, when they're discovering all these new places, it's like literally landing on a different I, I was just uh, listening to oh, an old clip of uh, Bill Burr on Opie and Anthony, I think. And uh, <laughs> normal. I, I listened to, did people put these YouTube things up with these compilations of comedians? I put, I put, put yeah. I put one on when I'm taking a shower. So, uh, and he was talking about how when he grew up. I'm impressed that you yeah, shower. A lot of people are. It's, I don't, I haven't figured out the soap part yet. Anyways, he was talking about how, as a kid from Boston, he didn't know what New York was like. He saw pictures of it sometimes a little bit here and there on the, on TV, but he had no clue what New York was like. And that was growing up like in the seventies or where, whatever we take for granted almost like how much we're exposed to the world now because of the internet, but our parents grew up, they, they didn't have a fucking clue. They didn't know what the next state was like. Like if you in the fifties going to California was like, Ooh, that's way out there. If you go to California, you're never going to come back. We've, this show is really good with geography and understanding <laughs> yeah. history. It's a good thing that only one of us um, has a degree in history. Isn't that your degree? Yeah. Yeah, history. Yeah. It's, it's really useful in the real world. Um, do you get trick-or-treaters at your We house? had a couple yesterday. I... Got caught and had to give a couple of them candy. Yeah. You got I tried to hide out and not give away the candy, but I was upstairs. And okay. Like, do you shut your lights No, honestly, I was just downstairs in the basement, and I didn't want to walk upstairs. Interesting. You, you wouldn't stay, like, nearby, like, on the, the floor where people would be coming to the door and knocking, and you'd go down there's to the not, basement There's not instead. that. Like, if there was a kid, like, every five seconds, I would, 
I would do that. But like they're every couple of minutes, mm-hmm. every 15, 20 minutes. I'm not going to go out of my way. Oh. Like, why should I have to inconvenience myself just to give somebody something for free? Well, it seems more inconvenient to have to go up and down That's the stairs. That's why I just don't go up and down the stairs. I just don't answer the door. They just don't get any candy. Would your mom usually hand out the candy? Um, probably. Somebody would. I mean, like, I, I handed out candy. I gave out some okay. candy. Just not... I slept like two or three people knock on the door and I just told the dog, be quiet. And he just slept. Do you agree with Donald Trump Jr.'s theory that Halloween is socialist bullshit? Did he really say that? A couple of years ago, he said something like that. Like he had a picture of his daughter. He's mocking it. He's mocking. Yeah, Yeah, something to do about handouts or something. It's not socialism because they're asking for it. They're not demanding it. (laughs) Actually, it is socialism because there's a threat of violence if you don't do it. Also, it should be <laughs> you're gonna get it should tricked. be treat or trick. Um, well, the reason I, I bring up Halloween, obviously, it was yesterday, but there were two girls at a middle school in Central Florida who were waiting in a bathroom, planning to overpower at least fifteen smaller students, kill them with knives, and drink their blood. <laughs> Sounds like a really violent, like Looney Tunes plot. Like they're gonna stack up all the bodies, like as they walk through the door. We got one. <laughs> fifteen of them. <laughs> Like, they had a number. Like, we need 15. What about a dozen? No, a dozen's not enough. We need 15. The Bartow Middle School students were arrested Tuesday and charged with conspiracy to commit, commit murder, possession of a weapon on school property, carrying a concealed weapon, and disruption of a school function. According to officials, the 11- and 12-year-old girls said they were Satan worshippers and were going to drink the blood and eat the flesh of the students they killed. The girls then planned to kill themselves, they said. The plan was foiled Tuesday after an automated call from the school notified one of the girls' parents that the daughter was missing from class. The district attorney was not, has not indicated whether the girls will be tried as adults. CNN does not name minor suspects unless they are tried as adults. It's not clear if either of the girls has retained counsel. <laughs> yeah, they called them up. They, 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 they used their one phone call to call Lionel Hunt. Like... I get, but first of all, they should not be tried as adults. They should not be tried as anything. They should not be going to jail. They shouldn't go to juvie. These girls need real help. When an 11-year-old girl brings a goblet to drink her classmates' blood from, the solution should not be, oh, we should put her in jail with a bunch of violent people. It should be, we should get her some mental health. 11's like, what, 6th grade, 5th, 6th grade. Um, Isn't your kid 11? 10. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. What grade is she getting? Add one. Okay, that's true. So fifth or sixth grade, like okay. I said. The 11-year-old spent the weekend at the 12-year-old's home, and on Sunday, after a day of watching horror films, they devised a plot to kill several students at the middle school. The girls decided they would attend their first period classes, then meet in a bathroom where they would wait for smaller students and overpower them, according to a police report. They did not want to attack larger students, the report says. Using knives tucked under their clothes, the plan was to stab their victims and cut their throats. The preteens conducted internet searches on how to kill someone with a knife and what type of wound would cause their victims to bleed out the fastest. I mean, when you have to Google how to kill someone with a knife, you're probably not mature enough to kill someone with a knife. Like, if you're a stabber, you should know what a knife... They don't know what knives do. They don't know how to use a knife to stab someone. That's how young these people are. Also, an 11- and 12-year-old girl plotted a satanic ritual to dismember and kill and drink the blood of their fellow elementary school children, students. And it was not the weirdest story to come out of Florida this week. 
That would be the gay bodybuilder stripping bomber. What a state. What a fucking state. I swear, man, the doctors are right. Too much exposure to sun is bad for your health. Upon killing each victim, they intended to stack her or him in a bathroom stall and wait for the next small student to enter the bathroom. What if somebody had to go to the bathroom? What if they knocked on the stall? What if they looked underneath? After the students were dead, they would cut them up and eat parts of the dead flesh, adding that the girls aimed to kill between 15 and 25 students. The girls then planned to kill themselves by stabbing, and they hoped that by killing their fellow students, they would get to go to hell so they could be with Satan. I like that their plan was to eat 15 kids. Imagine if they had gotten away with it. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would have been to the school officials if they had killed 15 fourth graders and ate them? And they had to get up to 15 or 20. They're going to they're going to they're going to play it by ear with those last 5 before they kill themselves. Like, have you have you eaten enough? I don't know. Do you think that the Dark Lord is satisfied with 15 dead? No, no, no. He's gonna want five more. Get the second graders. They got a test today. They're not gonna they're not gonna be sad that they gotta skip it. Yeah, this doesn't sound that well thought it's out. It's almost as if eleven year olds uh, aren't very good at committing mass murder. Use a gun, dipshit. Haven't you seen school shootings? You had one in Florida. They're probably too young. They might have missed it. They just had one in the February. Assistant <laughs> the assistant principal found the students in a bathroom after one of the girl's mothers called the school to say the automated call reporting her daughter's absence must be a mistake. They were taken to the principal's office where the girls revealed four knives, scissors, and a pizza cutter under their clothes. Pizza cutter? <laughs> pizza fucking pizza must cutter? Must be that round what is that one cut? Like, what is that going to cut? Cut off an ear with I it? I don't know. <laughs> They probably forgot about human bone. Two of the knives had blades of at least five or six inches. The girls also had a goblet from which to drink blood, authorities said. Detectives searched the girls' homes and found a hand-drawn map that included the phrase, go to killin' bathroom, which marked the bathroom where they were found. One of the girls also had scrawled violent lyrics from Eminem and Florence and the Machine on a sheet of oh, paper. Oh, Florence and the Machine. Well-known Satanist music. Everybody knows that Satan's a big what? fan of Florence. One sheet of notebook paper also included a short poem, trying hard to leave, stuck in an endless abyss, claw way out How the fuck does an 11-year-old know the word abyss? Maybe she's a fan of TNA. Or Michael Crichton. Today is health lessons thank... Today is health lessons thank Satan. We're doing this in a bit, one note read. Oh. A search of the girl's cell phones found Snapchat messages regarding the plot, according to police... The messages included, we shouldn't have met each other, LOL, now death is near. <laughs> LOL. And I, was thinking like stabbing it, and I was thinking like stabbing ourselves in the necks. I feel like if you're a kind of kid that comes from a household where you can have access to a goblet, you're probably more likely to kill someone also. Who has who a goblet? Also, what kind of reporter describes it as a goblet and not what is more likely, which is probably plastic cup? Maybe it really Where was do you a, get goblet? a goblet. I don't even know what a goblet is. How is I don't a goblet know. Different? Remember, um, little John used to carry that that chalice. That's around. a chalice, not a goblet. They didn't say chalice; they said goblet. I, I don't the know, difference? but there must be one. Why do we have two different words for it? Uh, I think goblet more demon. I, don't I think know. The, the goblet is the evil demonic. version of a chalice. A chalice is for Jesus' yeah, blood. A goblet is for twelve-year-olds' blood. 
what is that goblet? I picture like a real like ornate round bulbous wine glass. Me too. Something right? that you would have to carry with two hands that may be made out of pewter, or um, or or uh, or that the the, um, the the what are the big pans made out of? The frontier people had cast iron, cast iron, cast, cast iron, iron goblet to drink the the first graders' blood from, and eat them. How much did these girls think they were going to be able to eat, anyways? Sometimes they have like jewels in them. I know, like a bite from each kid. Like I could I eat fifteen pigs. Works. I couldn't slaughter and eat fifteen pigs in the afternoon without somebody discovering it. They'd have to be really small. Well, children. they are first graders. I mean, they're in an elementary school. They're about the smallest children they're going to have. Eggs. No, they could have got infants. I could. I take it. You could kill fifteen or twenty infants and probably eat them over a couple hours. And that would probably also, by the way, girls, that would get, get you to hell. I'm pretty sure that would get you to hell. I bet the meat would be more Damn tender, right. Especially if you can maybe, uh, maybe batter it in some beer, maybe uh, feed the kids some alcohol like they do with baby cows. I don't know if they actually do that. Is that a thing they do? <laughs> baby cows are usually like veal. Yeah, don't they? Like, like, isn't there like some sort of... Wh- in yeah. Asia, I think they might feed them like... Like the leftover grain from the beer or something, like Wagyu. Yeah, um, yeah, something, something like that. So, girls, happen. the point is, the uh, you gotta, you gotta fatten up those first graders before you kill them. With some, if you want, if you want Wagyu, you gotta, you gotta do it right. Some prime, prime child meat, yeah, right some prime there. beef. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else going on in the world we should discuss? I'm, Midterm elections coming up. Yeah, we got. Uh, can't. Will it be a blue wave, Mister? Um, it'll probably be like. You know, like that the blue stuff you put in a toilet to clean it. It'll yes. be like that, after a woman has had her period. So it's gonna be a little red mixed in there, but mostly blue. So, kind of purple, but more blue. It's it's not gonna congeal into purple. It's just gonna still be. It's gonna be like red water. In blue oil. Good yeah. prediction. On that note, thank you for listening to MMA and stuff on halfguarded.com. The show, you putting the show right, right up. up? All right, so we'll still keep the streak Damn alive. Right. Uh, you can listen to it on halfguarded.com, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. There's half-guarded Twitter. There's an Instagram account. There's Stitcher. Uh, There's a Facebook account. Um, Check them all out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Get up, cocksuckers. It's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months. Fucking Katrina's cousin Maria. The other one, Puerto Rico, Houston, fucking Florida. Listen, it's been tough up to now. The earthquake in Mexico. You know, the White House, whoever the fuck is going on. But it don't matter. They want to shoot. It's time for us to fucking shoot, cocksuckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are. You understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean. He's going to be 
sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're going to North Korea in like a year. It's going to be an island. It's going to glow in the dark. You know why? Because we're Americans, cocksuckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook. I don't give a fuck. Worry about yourself. Keep your eyes open. And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter, cocksucker. Stay black.